Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. I want to talk to you today about a word I don't know if it ever has been used as far as teaching in the Christmas story, but I'm glad because changing it up a little bit. I want to talk to you about the word treasure. I want to talk to you about the word treasure. Two times in the scripture, uh, Mary, it says, treasures these things in our heart. I want to show it to you in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. Uh, here's what's happening. The shepherds, they are met with, by angels. Many of you know the story, met with angels, and they tell her, hey, tell him, hey, uh, Jesus has been born, the Savior's been born, and Messiah's been born. And so the angels leave. The shepherds say, we got to go check this out. They, they go, they find Jesus in a manger. And then they, says they, they tell everybody around them, everybody in the city, they tell what Jesus, what Jesus, who Jesus was and what the angels had said. And then the Bible says the wor- angels, excuse me, the shepherds were worshiping. And then it says that Mary, this is where it picks up. It says in verse 19, but Mary treasured all these things in her heart and thought about them often. She treasured these things in her heart and she thought about them often. You know, I think this, I think that our treasures are the things that we value most, the things we really treasure in our hearts, in our lives, the things that we really, truly treasure are things that we value most. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 42, it says, when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual, usual. Uh, They were attending a Passover festival. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first. Great parents, come on, somebody. Because they assumed he was, they probably were happy, like, yeah, we're, okay, anyways. Uh, But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him because they assumed he was among the relatives or other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple. Three days. They were searching for Jesus for three days. I don't know what Jesus was doing at night in the temple. He might have been just teaching for three days straight. Who knows? But I'm sure if any mom in the room, you, you, you lost your child for five minutes, you go in a little bit of panic. For three days, Mary was at a place where she was probably about to go bananas. You know what I'm saying? It says, uh, three days later, they find him discovered in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them. Uh, and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantically searching for you everywhere, like any good parent would. It says, but why uh, do you need to search for me? He asked. Jesus replied, didn't you know that I was in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he went down to Nazareth with with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. So here's what happened. They're going to the Passover festival. They spend time at the Passover festival. They're leaving. They go home as they're going home. The the Bible says that they get home. They find out where's Jesus. We don't know where Jesus is. They don't know what he's doing. They don't know where he's at. They search for him for three days. They go back to Jerusalem to try to find him. Finally, they find him in the temple, the Bible says. The Bible says he's teaching in the temples. He's teaching people that have been studying the word their entire lives. The Bible says he's teaching them and they're astounded, astonished. Uh, they're just, uh, they cannot believe the wisdom and the understanding that Jesus is teaching as a 12-year-old boy. The Bible says that he, she talks to Jesus and she's like, what are you thinking? Where in the world were you? You know what I'm saying? Any good mom in my back in my day, would, you know what I'm saying? Nowadays, you know, you, you can't do that, but that's all right. 
But here's what happened. Like, literally, he says, why are you freaking out? Why, why, why were you panicking? Why are you frantic? There's no need. Wouldn't you know that I'd be in my father's house? And the Bible says that Joseph and Mary are like, what is he talking about? They don't understand. And so then he, they said that he goes back with them. And the Bible says that Mary stores this or treasures these things in her heart. I believe this, the things that we value most are the things that we treasure in our hearts and our lives. And again, it says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, many of you know this scripture, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart also is. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So here's what it is. I, what I really treasure, there's, that's, it's in my heart. And all of us, uh, you know, we have these things that we truly che- treasure in our lives. And it usually is something beyond a, a thing that we can hold on to. It's usually more than a material thing on this planet. You know, Ashley and I, uh, we recently had a newborn, uh, had a child. Y'all know that. And, you know, it's cool to talk to parents who have children that are a little bit older and they always do the same thing. All parents, and I love it. I get so excited. They, they, they almost go back. You can see them go back in their mind and they talk about the experiences they had when their child was this age. Oh yeah, we miss when they would just cuddle with you. Now they just yell at us, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, we miss when they were this age and we, we just could hold them for hours. And you know, they, they, would, they tell us these things that they treasure, and it could have been 20 years ago, but they treasure them, why? Because they value those moments with their child. You know, we all have these different things that we treasure in our hearts. And you know, I wanna talk to you today about that because I believe this, in this story we see the greatest treasure and we're going to talk about it, and we know this, but we'll talk about it. The greatest treasure is Jesus. The greatest treasure you and I could ever receive on this planet and beyond is Jesus. And so oftentimes what we can do is we can often be like Mary and Joseph, where we get so caught up in our busyness of our lives, we get so caught up in what's going on, the friends and the family members and the season of shopping and all these things, that we can almost forget Jesus. I know the cliche thing is he's the reason for the season, but literally... We can get so caught up in all the things going on that we forget we're supposed to be first celebrating and honoring him. We should be more concerned about him than we are what we're going to get so-and-so. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, that being said, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I want to talk to you about the word treasure. And, you know, I kind of went a different route than I normally go, but I'm going to talk to you kind of like, you know, if you find a treasure, like if you're a pirate back in the day, all our Pirates Caribbean fans, you, you, you're a pirate, you find treasure. What do you do? How do you really find treasure? How do you really uh, value treasure? How do you do those things? Here's what I know. The first thing you got to do when it comes to treasure, if you're looking for treasure, you got you to do some digging. You got to do a little digging. You know, get your shovel out. You got to do a little digging. You know what I'm saying? Y'all seen the movies, you know? That... Okay, anybody? You know, you've seen the movies. Okay, anyways, you're doing a little digging. You got me show it to you in Luke chapter 2 and verse 42 and 43. It says, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, uh, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and their friends. You got to do a little digging. Let me explain what that means. You know, when you dig something, what happens is you got to first, in order to find the treasure, you got to first remove the dirt. You got to remove the dirt. And so oftentimes in our lives, with our Christian faith, and we see it in this story, we can be so distracted with things going on that we miss the purpose of what the treasure really is. And here's what we have to do as a people. We have to say, okay, let me dig in my heart. Let me evaluate myself and say, where is my life a little bit cluttered? 
They had so much going on. They had so many friends and family members. They were going through their routine. The Bible says they did this every year. They went to this festival. And so they're just lolly jolly, just happy-go-lucky. And all of a sudden, they don't realize that they're missing Jesus. You know, we can do that in our Christian faith. We can get through the process of where we're going to church and we're doing our thing. We're doing our, have our job or we'll go to school or do our things. And then what happens is we're going through our routine so much that we don't even realize that we're missing the presence of Jesus in our lives. And so what we have to do is we have to take moments, and I love, I love, I love end of years, beginning of years, because it gives us an opportunity to really evaluate life. I love it. It gives us a starting and stopping point. It gives us an opportunity to hit the reset button. And so what I like to do, I always do it. Many of you, you probably have heard me say this before, but I love at the end of the year to take a moment and just say, okay, what in 2021 do I want to leave in 2021? What in 2021 do I want to leave in 20? I need to do some digging in my heart. What do I want to remove? And I'm leaving in 2021. I don't want to bring this into 2022. All of us in this room, it, it, maybe it's attitudes, maybe it's responses, maybe it's whatever it could be. All of us have things in our lives that we're working on. What are, what are things in your life that you can say, you know what? I need to declutter some things. I need to remove some things out of my heart and my life. I need, I need to say first, you know what? These, here are some things I'm going to leave. And then from there, when I get into 2022. Now I can dream a little bit bigger because I'm not as focused on what that thing was. I can now, I can allow myself now to serve a little bit more because I'm not spending time on this situation. Whatever it may be, I don't know, but I do know God desires for all of us here and watching online that we would take moments and we would say, okay, let's evaluate. Let's take this time where we have a few weeks before the new year and we can say, okay, God, what, what is it in 2021? That I say, you know what? I missed the mark a little bit. You know what, I, 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 didn't, I didn't really, I didn't handle that situation. I didn't do that. I, I, I missed the mark. You know what, I want to shift that and change that so I can, I can bring, that, bring something in to 2022 that causes me not to miss the mark like I did on that. And then also, what are some things you, where you hit the mark? Where you hit the target, where you say, you know what, I did well in 2022, 2021, excuse me, where I said, you know what, this was, a good, this was a good thing for me. I grew in this area. I want to continue to grow in that situation in, in my life. What, what can we do? Again, it's a great opportunity, the end of years, beginning of years, a great opportunity to take a little moment to just self-evaluate. And I would encourage everybody to do it. I would encourage you to find three things. It's what I do personally. I know this isn't like some super deep thing, but I'm telling you, it will help you in your life and your growth and your relationship and your walk with God. I would encourage you. What are three things that you can say, I'm leaving in 2021? What are three things? It could be so simple. It could be something as simple as I'm, I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to leave the, hitting the snooze button behind. Come on, some of y'all hitting the snooze button 12 times. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to leave the, hitting the snooze button. I'm going to get up when I hit the snooze one time. Boom, I'm up. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all we're going to be praying for a while. But what is it? What is it in your life that you can say? You know, it can be very practical, spiritual, whatever you want. What is it? And I would encourage you if you're married in the room, talk to your spouse. Hey, where are some areas that I missed the mark? Where are some areas that I could say, you know, I, I want to work on this. I want, I want to, and then they, you can allow your, your spouse to be vulnerable with you. Hopefully you allow your spouse to be vulnerable with you. Hopefully you don't get all defensive and like, no, you know, that would be terrible. But you know, that's what we do sometimes. But you know, you're like, hey, tell me what's some things I can work on. And then they tell you and you're like, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe, but Anyways, that being said, what are some areas in our lives where we can say, you know what, I'm going to leave this. 
Why? Because I know God has a greater future for me. I believe this. Every year, God wants to help us to grow and be greater than we were the year before. He wants us to grow in our relationship with him and our closeness with him. And I believe in, even in our relationships in, in, our, in our surrounding worlds, he wants us to be able to continue to grow. But here's the thing. Oftentimes, our growth is stunted because we're still dragging things along that we should leave behind. Does that make sense? And so this is what, they, again, I know you're like, well, how do you see that in the, in the scripture? Well, here's what it is. They were so busy that they missed. And again, here's what I know, that our routines can sometimes carry us to where we feel like we're doing well, but here's what it is. Only, there's, only so long, there's only so long your routine can carry you before you realize you need something other than yourself. My job, my spouse, kids, friends, family, promotions, boats, cars, all those things are great, but those things do not sustain us. Those things will never satisfy us. And so here's what it is. I love this because it's they get a certain distance in their routine of doing things, and then they realize, you know what? We're missing Jesus. And so for us, it's important that we say, okay, I don't want to get so busy and caught up in everything that I miss Jesus. I want to continue to evaluate, God, where in my heart can I declutter a little bit so that I can leave room for you to come and move in my life in 2022? I would encourage you to do so. I believe it'll help you. I think believe it'll challenge you. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I prayed for forgiveness and, you know, God forgave me in 2021 and he forgave me of those things. That's the past. God forgave me. That's true. God does forgive you and God covers it. That's true. God does cover it. It's over. It's your past. But I know this, God covers our sins, but he doesn't change our habits. God covers our sins. We change our habits. So here's what it is. Okay, yeah, our, our sins have been covered, but if we don't change the habits, here's what happens. We fall right back into this, those same mistakes. Well, God forgives me for yelling at my spouse or God forgives me for yelling at my boss. God forgives me. Yeah, he does. But if we don't change the way that we respond in the habit and the thinking of how we do things, here's what happens. The next time I get triggered, my response will be the same. Make sense? And so this is what's important. So we okay, okay, yeah, I know God covered it. We're not talking about God, you know, I'm not talking about you being forgiven. It's okay, yeah, I know I'm forgiven, but God, what can I shift to where I can continue to grow and be who you've called me to be as I enter into 2022? Luke chapter two and verse 48, it says his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother has said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere but why did you need to search he asked didn't you know that i must be in my father's house they're they're frantically searching you know i think if we're talking about treasure and really understanding the value and what it is that we're supposed to treasure in our hearts first it takes a little dig digging it takes a little decluttering we got to dig and say okay god where is it in my life that i can leave but then two it takes searching it takes some searching it, they, here's what they did they, she says we were frantically frantically searching for three days she said we were looking for you and he says, well, why were you looking? Why were you frantic? Why were you searching? You should have known I was in my father's house. Now, here's what I know. The scripture all throughout the scripture talks about, you know, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all else will be added to you. It talks about seeking God first. The Bible says that if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek you will find. All throughout the scripture, there's this concept or this thought process of seeking and searching for God. 
And I was, I've grown up in church, and for those of you that grew up in church, maybe you thought this way, maybe you didn't, but I grew up in church, and I always heard this concept or this thought of seeking God and searching God, and I always thought about it as this, like, frantic thing that Mary was doing. This, like, oh, where's God? Oh, oh I, something's going wrong. I, I need God. Oh, I'm being tempted. God, where are you? And it's like this frantic thing. And that's not the case at all. In fact, it's it's exact opposite of that. But you know, it's interesting because when we here on this earth, when we lose something, we oftentimes go into panic mode. You ever been on a trip or going on a trip and you start driving and you're like, uh-oh, forgot dot 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 dot. The greatest movie to ever, greatest Christmas movie ever. They forgot their kid. Come on, somebody home alone. <laughs> Great movie. Okay? I am this type of person where I have to put things in a specific place every time or or I'll lose them. I'm the kind of person, I'm just being vulnerable with you a little bit. I'm the kind of person that literally I'm thinking about 15 different things at once, okay? Like I'm thinking about 12 different things, 15 different things, and all of a sudden there's a squirrel and I'm like, squirrel. You know what I'm saying? That's just what I do, okay? That's me. That's my personality. That's just what I do. Like I could be thinking about cheeseburgers and I could be thinking about sleep at the same time. You know what I'm saying? How can I eat and sleep at the same? I could be thinking about all kinds of things. So I have to put my, my stuff, my keys in the same spot in the same place at my house every single day. I do the same. I'm telling you, you could ask my wife, Ashley. You could ask her, where does he put your key, his keys? She would be able to tell you exactly where the keys are because I put them in the same spot in the house every single time I get home and I know exactly where they are. Now, for those of us that are married, your spouse sometimes likes to clean. And so Ashley, when we have company coming over, she'll start to clean and she starts to clean things. Well, obviously when you clean things, you move some stuff. So it happens every single time. Normally, Ashley will move my keys to an easier spot for me to see them, but they're not in the same spot. So literally, I go to leave and I look for my keys and they're gone and I go into panic mode. I'm like, I don't know where my keys are. Ah, I'm gonna be late. Ah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just me, okay, praise God. And I go into freak out mode and it happens every time. I'm like, Ashley, where are my keys? And literally, she's like, and in the most calm, sweetest voice, she's like, if you would just look and open your eyes, you would see that they're right dot, dot, dot there. I'm like, oh, there they are. I know this is just me, gentlemen. I know I'm the only one. But th- th- this is what happens. Well, why is that? Because what happens is you, you're so focused on something that you start to, you start to freak out because you think you've lost it when really this is oftentimes how we feel or I thought, I thought we felt or I felt when I was supposed to be searching for God. It's like this, I lost God and now I got to get back to figuring out, oh, I got to read the word. I got to study. Oh, oh, where is he? Where is he? And that's not the case at all. In fact, it's the exact opposite where it's almost like if you're in your home with your spouse or you're in your home with a family member and and you call to them and they're in the same house as you and they hear you and they respond to you. See, you, want, you, you, you may not have been right next to them, but you, you were close enough to them that you, they heard you and they were able to respond to you. See, this is, this is God. This is when he says, seek him. It's not this frantic panic mode of, oh my gosh, I gotta find God. No, it's this peaceful search of knowing when I call to him, He answers, why? Because he loves me and he's there for me. And the Bible says he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. So it's not this frantic, ah, no, it's okay. I understand I'm in relationship with him. And as I remain in him, I'm close with him. Then I can call to him and he can answer me. I want to show it to you in John chapter 15. 
In verse 4, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me. This is Jesus talking. Remain in me and I remain in you. It's this concept. It's not this searching, oh my gosh, I lost Jesus. No, like Mary and Joseph were. No, it's this, as I remain in him, I understand. Now, I pers- it's a pursuit of him. I'm pursuing him. I'm, I'm loving him and I'm honoring him with my life because I understand who he is and what he's done for me. And Jesus, and I said it a moment ago, but it's the truth. Jesus really, and, and by far, is the greatest treasure that you and I have ever received. Jesus is the greatest treasure that you and I could ever receive. There's nothing greater than Jesus. There's no greater, no greater person or thing than Jesus. He's a greatest treasure. And here's what happens. Oftentimes we say that, like, yeah, Jesus is number one in my heart. Oh, yeah, he's number one. In my, oh, yeah, Jesus is number one. A top priority, Jesus, then family, you know, God, family, sports, you know, God, family, job, whatever. God, 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 for God. Yeah, he's number one. Yeah. And we can say that, and it's easy to say that. But I, this is the question the Holy Spirit was challenging me with. But do I really live that? Do I really live that God is more, matters more than anything else? Do I really live that God is more important to me than my future? Do I really live that God is more important to me than my health? Do I really live that God is more important to me than my wife and my child? Do I really live it? Because if you're just saying it, it means nothing. But is he really the number one treasure in my heart? It's so important that we would evaluate our lives because here's what it is. We can say it all day long, but God is looking for us to be a people that say, and again, your spouse, your job, all these things are great. This is, these are not things that are bad, but what I'm saying is, is he really first? Is he really all that matters? If everything else was stripped away, would we still choose him? Would we still follow him? Because we understand he's the treasure. And sometimes what we can do is we can, we can sometimes treasure the outcome of what God can do for us more than we do him and who he is. We can, we can treasure salvation more than we tre- treasure the Savior. We can treasure creation more than we can treasure the creator. We can treasure healing more than we treasure the healer. We can treasure the promotion and the blessing more than we, than, we, than we treasure the one who gives us the blessing and the promotion. Is he really first and is he really most important? We sing all these songs like, you're all I want, you're all. Is he really? Is he really first? Is he really the, per, is he really the meaning for the season? It's easy to say, but are we living it? And the Holy Spirit was challenging me with this. I was asking the Holy Spirit. I was talking. I know, no kidding. I was having conversation. I was like, Holy Spirit, is, is my heart, are you really number one? I want you to be number one. What do I need to do to continue to show you, to continue to live for you? Because I desire for you to be first in my life. I believe it. And it's this pursuit. It's not this panic of, ah. Oh. No, it's this peaceful pursuit. For those of you that are dating, you know you pursuit, pursuit, pursuit. I don't know what that is. You pursue your dating relationship. You're pursuing them. You're thinking about them. You're trying to call them. You're trying to text them. You're doing all these. You're pursuing. For those of us that are married, you pursue a little less. You know what I'm saying? Because you're married. You know, you got them. You know, I, I was working out with some of the guys the other day. I was working out with some of the guys the other day. True story. I'm like, oh, we're going to go do some abs. Pastor Jordan, you want to do some abs? I was like, nope, I'm married. I don't have to do abs. See y'all later. I ain't got to do abs no more. I'm married. 
I'm good. It's all good. It's a little less pursuit when you're married, but y'all, we all remember the, the, the season of dating. It's a joy. It's not a panic of, ah, oh, ah. Oh. No, it's this peaceful joy of, I get to pursue this person. Why? Because I love this person. It's the same thing with the God. As we seek God, as we search for God, it's not this panic mode of, oh, does God love me? Oh, does God care about me? Oh, is God gonna hear me? No, the Bible says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's with us. All we have to do now is pursue him. Why? Because we love him and we desire to be in relationship with him. We dig, we search. Luke chapter two and verse 19, the Bible says, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and thought about them often. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. Talking about treasure, you got to do some digging, you know, you got to do, do some searching. But then once you find the treasure, it takes time. you got to store the treasure. It takes storing. Store it away. It says she treasured these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. Here's what I believe. You know, the things we treasure most are the things we most easily will remember. The things we treasure most, everybody in this room watching online, the, the, the greatest memories you have are those that you treasure most. You, you, for some of you, it may be when your childhood and doing something or going on a vacation or maybe something to do with getting married, when you got married, or maybe when you got engaged, may, whatever it may be, maybe when you had your child, I, you'll never forget some of these days. Why? Because these are treasures in your heart. You store them in your heart. And I believe God desires for us to do that with him that we would remember his faithfulness, that we would remember his goodness. Everybody in this room, all of us watching online, all of us have walked through situations and tough times and hard times, but he's always gotten us through. Why? Because he's faithful. We're still here. We're still here. Culture would have told us by 2022, between 2020 and 2021, by 2022, ain't nobody gonna be left. We're still here. Why? Because we serve a God who's faithful. And here's what happens now. When I store those things, when I store his faithfulness in my heart, now I can look, and when I walk through another trial, I can say, I remember that he got me through this trial. He's going to get me through that trial. Now I say, when I, when, I, when I walk through a tragedy in my life, now if I see something else or another tragedy happens, now I understand he can get me through that tragedy as well. Why? Because I remember what he's done. I remember his faithfulness. Provision for me is not a big deal. Like, I don't have this major, like, is God going to provide for me? Like, what's going to happen? Like, why? How do I know that? Why do I? Because I have this faith in God in that area. Why? Because when I was 19 years old, not 19, I was 20, 20 years old, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Our family was living there. We lost everything. We had nothing. I had like three pairs of clothing in a backpack because when you leave for a hurricane, you always coming back. That's how we were growing up. But then we, we left. We never got, went back. We didn't have anything. We had literally nothing. And God got us through. So now I know I stand on that. If God got me through then, I know now if I ever go through a financial situation, God's going to take care of me. He's not going to get you through one situation just to knock you down in the next one and not re rescue you or save you in the next situation. And so this is what we do. We remember his goodness. We remember his faithfulness. Why? So that it will build our faith, continue to help us and encourage us and challenge us and strengthen us for the things that are to come in our lives. We must remember, restore his, his, his faithfulness, restore his heart. In Psalms chapter 119, 
in verse 11, it says, your word I have treasured. I love this. This is David writing this scripture. It says, your word I have treasured and stored in my heart that I may not sin against you. His word, he says, your word I've treasured in my heart. Oftentimes what we do is we wait until there's this need and then we search the scripture to try to find something that will speak to that need. We'll Google, oh, you know, what, is, what, what does the Bible say about dot, 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 dot? And then, okay, then we look it up. Okay, now we're reading it. Okay, okay, God says this. And that's great. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. That's great. Get to the word. Let the word speak to you. But I believe God wants us to be a people that we begin to store his promises. We store the word in our heart. So that way, when we face something, it's not this panic emergency. Now, we can speak to that through his word. No, God says this. When you start to have a thought process of anxiety and stress or loneliness, you say, no, this is what God says about me. I'm not going to get anxious. I'm not going to get worried. I'm not gonna, when you start to be concerned about your future or when you start to be worried about finances, or you start to be needing a healing in your body and you start to get some concern. No, this is what God says. I'm standing on his promises. Why? Because I've stored them in my heart. And it's so important that we would be a people that do that. We would be, a, and especially in today's day and age, I would encourage you, we should, we should more than ever, we need to be a people that are diving into the truth. Why? Because there is so much deception in our culture. So much deception. And so if there's so much deception, we, we, no one knows what truth is. If we don't dive in and know the truth, we can easily be deceived. That's why it's important that we would study the scripture and we would store the, the treasures of the scripture in our hearts. You know, it's interesting because when we, we store the treasures in our hearts, it's to build our faith. But it's not just to build our faith. It's not just for us. You know, when we're videoing or, or taking pictures of winter, winter is the name of my child, and we don't, I don't like, I'm not a big picture guy. I'm not a big video guy. Like, I'm just not that guy. Usually I forget. And so always I, we'll, be, we'll be doing something with her and always somebody around me is like, get a picture, get a picture. Quick, quick, take the pictures, videos, videos, get some videos. Oh, hurry, hurry. I'm like, why? I, 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 I see the child. I see what she's doing. I don't need a picture of it or a video of it. Well, you take it, you take the pictures and the videos for, to be able to remember them, obviously for memories. But then not only that, Every time somebody says, take a picture, take a video, every time it's happened, especially if it's parents, they'll, they'll say, you got to do this, you got to take the picture, and I'll say, why? And they'll say, because, they all say it, they'll say, because at some point in her life, she'll want to see these. At some point in her life, she'll want to go back and see the memories that y'all have created with her. Now, here's what's interesting. It's the same thing with God. See, we store up the treasures of God. We remember his faithfulness and we remember his goodness to build our faith, but not just for us, also for those coming behind us. We stand on his promises, not just for us, but for those that are coming behind us. Why? Because again, it's for us to not just store them, but to also share them with the generation behind us. It's so important we do this because if not, here's what happens. A generation will come and rise up and they'll, no one will know Christ. And here's what happens. Everyone will turn away from God. We see it all throughout the Old Testament. All throughout the Old Testament, there was these great men and, and great women that would serve God faithfully, that would honor God, that would give their lives to God. And they would, a whole nation would return to God. And then when that generation would die off, everybody would turn away from God. It happens all throughout the Old Testament. It literally happens all the time. In fact, in Joshua chapter two, Judges chapter two, excuse me, I'll show it to you. Joshua, son of Nun, who was the, 
who was the uh, son of no one. You know what I'm saying? That's a joke. That was a joke. That was a freebie. Okay, cool. The servant of the Lord died at the age of 110. It says, then uh, they buried him in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that generation died, check this out. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord and the God of their ancestors who brought them out of Egypt. It says they didn't remember the things that Joshua did. Many of you know who Joshua was. Joshua was the, was the right-hand man of Moses who led all the Israelites out of, the, out of Egypt, out of slavery for over 400 years and led them into the promised land that God had called the Israelites to. And here's what happens. The Bible says that after this generation died, the generation behind them just completely forgot. And it says, and they turned away from God. I believe this. I believe that it's important for us for those of us that are a little bit older, but I believe that it's, it's, on, it's on us. It's our responsibility to store up the treasures of his faithfulness, to store up the treasures of his goodness, and then we would share that with those coming behind us. I think it's our responsibility. Oftentimes, you'll hear the older generation will just say to the younger generation, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're doing that. I can't believe. Well, I think it's our responsibility to share with them the goodness of God, to share with them the faithfulness of God. Because if not, here's what happens. Who's going to teach them? Who's going to share with them? And so it's important for us as, as believers to say, okay, we're talking about treasures and we're talking about digging up some things in our lives and saying, okay, I want to I wanna evaluate 2021, to maybe change some things, bring into 2022, and then I want to I make sure that I'm remaining in Christ. And as I remain in Christ, I'm pursuing him out of relationship with him, not out of panic or fear. But then also as I step into that relationship with him, then I understand I'm storing up I'm tr- his tr- the treasures of his faithfulness and his goodness. And then I'm using that to share with the generation coming behind me. Why? So that those coming behind will continue to know him and continue to serve him. Oh my goodness, what a waste our lives would be if our generation is, r- r- we, we live and we die and Christ isn't, doesn't, isn't known in a generation behind us. That what a complete waste. Why? Because that's not, it's, it's more than just about us. It's about God continuing to move on behalf of generations and generations and generations. And I believe this. Call me crazy, but I believe it. I believe the generation coming behind us will love Jesus more than we ever did. I believe the generation behind us is going to be so passionate about God. They're going to, they, true revival, I believe, is going to break out in the generation coming up behind us. Why? Because there's been so much deception and there's been so much uh, just uh, uh, facades of what reality and truth really is that people are going to be hungry for truth. They're going to be hungry for authenticity. And I believe that generation is going to come and I believe that generation is going to show us what it looks like to really love Jesus and follow Jesus passionately for them. But it starts with us saying, I'm storing his goodness. I'm storing his faithfulness. And I'm turning around, I'm sharing it. Why? Because I desire for others to know how good he is. Because he's a good God. There's no one like him. The thought process to think that all of us in our mess 
all of us in our shame and our guilt in those in our moments where we don't want anybody to know about that we don't talk about that we don't share with people because we're embarrassed of them and that very moment the god that we serve loved us so much that he chose you know what i see that moment and so i'm going to come and i'm going to i'm going to live on this earth i'm going to live and i'm going to die on this planet so that i can they can be forgiven for that and so that they can't they don't have to carry that shame and that guilt and that embarrassment but that can be removed from them and so that they can live in freedom and have eternal life. This is the goodness of God, one of the many things of the goodness of God. But oh my gosh, how crazy and how sad would it be if we were a generation that was so selfish that we just consumed his forgiveness and then we consumed his goodness and we never shared it with those coming behind us because if that was gonna happen, then the generation rises up and no one knows God. I, I believe God's heart is for the church worldwide to be a body of people that say, okay, as I, as I see his goodness in my life, I'm gonna store it, I'm gonna remember it. Why? Because it's gonna build my faith, but then also it's gonna build faith, the faith of those around me. And I believe this, God wants to use, I believe this with all my heart, God wants to use our stories, his faithfulness in our stories to help someone else around us. I believe that. I believe that. Not, I believe that everything we've walked through, God has a purpose for. It's to help somebody, to serve somebody, to love somebody, to be there for somebody, to hug somebody, to cry with somebody, to pray with somebody. Whatever it may be, I don't know. God knows the purpose, but I do know we serve a God who is so good. He says that He turns it all around for the good of those who love and believe in Him. This is the God that we serve, but we must be a people that say, "Okay." I'm going to store it, and as I store it, I'm going to share it. As we go into 2021, I'm closing. We're going home. Eat some, eat some, eat some Christmas cookies. Come on, somebody. As, 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 we, as we depart and we finish the year, I would encourage you and challenge you. Maybe take a moment in the busyness and the craziness and the chaos of the next two weeks and maybe find your, yourself some space. Find yourself a little space where it's just you and God and shut yourself in your car or in your, in your home, in your, in your room, and wherever you gotta go where you can just have a little bit of space and maybe take a few minutes and I would encourage you, literally ask the Holy Spirit. You could say it, I say it like this, Holy Spirit, what are some areas and what are some things you want me to leave in 2021? What do you want me to leave in 2021? And I believe this, if you ask the Holy Spirit and you really wanna know, I promise you, God's gonna bring some things to light in your heart. Now it's on us to say, okay, now I gotta leave that stuff and I gotta work on that stuff, but let, let me really evaluate why, because I believe God wants me to grow more in 2022 than I did in 2021. How sad would it be that if we got to the end of 2022, we were exactly the same as we are in 2020, end of 2021. That's not God's heart. God's heart is that we would continue to grow day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, and we would continue to be more like him in everything that we do. Take a moment in the busyness and the craziness and the chaos and say, God, what is, what is something or a few things I can leave in 2021? And I just, I'll pray, oh my gosh, do I pray that you would know that God loves you and you would know that the pursuit of God is not this frantic pan panic mode type trying to find God but he's a God that loves you and is there for you and I, I just pray that you would be one that remains in him 
James chapter four and verse eight, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, as you draw near to God, God draws near to you. That we would be a people, that we remain in him. That we know that we can call to him. We're not living by feelings because we don't feel like he's around us. So we're nervous that he's not hearing us or we don't know if he's responding. No, we walk, the Bible says, by faith. And so because we walk by faith, even if I don't feel it, God, I'm trusting and knowing that you're here, that you're with me, that you're for me, that you're fighting for me, that you're believing in me, that you've got better days ahead, that I know you may be in a mess, but he's got better days ahead. You may feel like the world's crashing in on you, but better days are ahead. We serve a God who desires for us to pursue him. And remain in him. And then let us be a people, oh my goodness, that we would live a life storing up his faithfulness, storing up his goodness, not just so that we could have a lot of goodness and faithfulness and a lot of good memories, but so that we can use it to share with those around us because we know God is a God that loves not just us, but he loves them. That he came and died, the Christmas story, he came as a human, lived this life and died, not just for me, but for all of us. I love John 3, 16, because he says, for he so loved the world. He doesn't say, that. oh, he so loved Christians. Oh, he so loved the churchgoers. Oh, he so loved the tithers. He so loved the world. That he would willingly give his life, send his son, he would give his life so that we could have the option, the opportunity to be in relationship with him, not just now, but for eternity. Let us be a people that understand, oh my gosh, we treasure Jesus, but then we also treasure those around us so much so that we're willing to share Jesus with them. This, I believe, is the heart of who God desires for us to be. Amen. Can we pray today?